For many years, I've been obsessed with the image of Gan Eden, of the Garden of Eden. I love the idea of this place where human love first sparked and where our tradition teaches that everything was beautiful and in balance. As we read the creation story in this week's Torah and take the opportunity to be stunned by a gorgeous sunset or smell the amazing flowers that seem to be always blooming around the Bay Area, or even better, gaze into the eyes of someone you love and see that they are B'Tselem Elohim created in the divine image. As we take time to notice the beauty and abundance of creation all around us, I also think it's important that we take note, unfortunately, of what's not working in God's creation. To be honest with you, issues of environmental justice are not what I would call my core issue. Perhaps for some of you it is, and perhaps for others, you're more like me. You know that there are some huge problems, and you do your best to recycle and compost. It's so nice that San Francisco has those little green bins. And you save energy, and you don't do much more than that. It can feel overwhelming to even read a headline. 3.19 million barrels of oil spilled into the Gulf of Mexico, or massive island of garbage discovered in the Pacific Ocean, or over 115 million animals killed in laboratory experiments each year. And I could go on, and so could all of you. We know these headlines and their potential to leave us feeling depressed and hopeless. I actually don't want to preach about this. I'm a poet. I'd rather speak, when it comes to creation, about a sunrise reaching through my beard with pink arms of clouds, like Elohai Neshama, the good sweet soul breath, filling lungs with the crack of dawn and the promise of what might be. Or I'd rather tell you stories of a garden that sleeps quietly like babes before first sex gives way to awesome and devastating story, brimming with the sublime and the mundane and the crushing weight of each of us. Because when I read Bereshit, when I read our story of creation, I want to revel in that garden. I want to spend my time dreaming of a lush and beautiful place where everything is peaceful and perfect. And I want to preach to you about what it means that our tradition holds up this image for us, this beautiful, precious image of untarnished, primordial space that we all emerge from. We are garden people, I want to tell you. Leave this sanctuary and go notice all that is good and beautiful in God's creation. Fill your heart and souls and lungs with more gratitude than you ever thought you could muster. But that sermon feels irresponsible. Irresponsible when you reel in a Safeway bag instead of a fish in the expanse of waters created to mirror the heavens for the sparkly star and light-filled creation that they are, like we have climbed up to heaven itself and filled it with plastic bags and not the romantic kind from American Beauty. Feels irresponsible when 
we are turning this cool green majesty into a cracked dry brick oven when we know that the animal we are eating never saw the light of day or its mother? How can I speak of God's creation when we can't seem to live like God's image, when we can't remember that that, what, that, that what is holy and perfect is not consumerism or plastic, but a garden, a small, simple garden, just like the first day with the first touch? A few minutes ago, we all chanted the Via Hafta together. Some of you might be aware, especially if you grew up not in a Reformed synagogue, that our Via Hafta is missing a whole paragraph that the traditional Via Hafta contains. The verse that we chant is from Deuteronomy, and it talks all about what we're supposed to do with the Shema. But there's this whole middle paragraph from another part of Deuteronomy, chapter 11, that's been cut out, and I want to give you a taste of that. If you heed my commandments, with which I charge you today, to love Adonai your God and worship God with all your heart, with all your soul, I will give you rain in your land in its season. You shall gather your grain, wine, and oil. I will give grass in your field for your cattle, and you shall eat and be satisfied. Be careful lest your heart be tempted and you go astray and worship other gods, bowing down to them. Then the anger of Adonai will flare up against you, and God will close the heavens so that there will be no rain. The land will not yield its crops, and you will perish swiftly from the land, the good land that Adonai, your God, is giving you. And the words continue, promising abundance and well-being if we obey God's commandments, and equally promising devastation and despair if we stray from God's teachings. Reformed Judaism has long been uncomfortable with this kind of reward and punishment theology. We just don't like to believe that people are being punished by God. It's not part of who we are as Reformed Jews. We look around and we see that bad things happen to good people. So for good reason, our Reform forebears took that out of the, of the prayers that we pray. But as I think of that Garden of Eden, that garden that I wish we could all take some time to dream about right now. I think our Reformed sages, may their memories be a blessing, missed something. Do we not find ourselves in exactly the predicament that the Via Hafta prayer describes? Have our hearts not been tempted by the false gods of consumerism and greed? Have we not abandoned the very things that our tradition teaches will bring about a good land a land that might nourish us lador-vador from generation to generation. I don't need to read you the statistics. We all know how bad it is. We all know how close to the edge of disaster we've come. I want to chant that story of creation and invite each of us to be nothing but mesmerized by the stunning sight of it all. But we have to add something to this story. We don't need the Garden of Eden. We can have that good land here and now in our lives if we live in balance, if we refuse to abide a culture of greed and environmental degradation, if we understand via Hafta's message to be an invitation, not a promise of punishment, but a calling out of possibility to each of us. Will we do what is right and just and moral and good so that 
sweet rain might fall on parched earth, that the kiss of sunlight be a blessing, not a blazing curse, that wading into the cool, quiet lake with the minnows and dragonflies and a perfect long-necked bird at dawn might once again quench and clean and calm. Where will you build your garden? Shabbat shalom.